How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hi, hello, sweet listeners, and welcome back to the In the Meadow podcast. I'm your host, Victoria, otherwise known as Vic in the Meadow on Instagram and Vic Sauce on TikTok. And today we are talking about how I got comfortable being alone. And this is a podcast that I never thought I would be making. I never thought it would be a topic that I would conquer and be able to speak on. And I'm really proud of myself that I am here today at 27 talking about this. I am somebody that has always had anxiety and fears around being alone, whether that's being home alone to just being alone and having to tackle stress and emotional turmoil by myself. And so in 2021, when I was faced with the end of a long-term relationship, going through a breakup, I was really stressed out and concerned on how the heck I was going to get through that and get past that. But I knew that that was a piece of that self-development and growth that I needed to conquer before I moved on to try dating again. I think it's important to note that it doesn't make you a dependent person if being alone is difficult. I was still an extremely independent person in many aspects of my life. Like, I said, ever since childhood, I've had difficulty with being alone, which I think is rooted in a lot of things. I was a very anxious kid. I was always worst case scenario thinking, what if this happens? What if this happens? What if nobody's around to help? And as with a lot of people, my anxieties always got worse at nighttime. So for me, being alone at nighttime was always the hardest. And when you're super young, this isn't as prevalent since parents usually get you a babysitter or stick you with family. Even as I got older in high school, when you know I was old enough that I could stay home alone for a weekend or overnight, my parents would go on weekend trips or on vacation. I would still find myself going to my grandma's or staying with a friend because I just would not sleep a wink if I had to be home alone overnight. Again, of course, this is like also just safety anxiety. But on top of that, I was just worried about any worst case scenario happening. I was like, what if I start choking? What if I have a nightmare? What if I have a panic attack? It was just constant anxiety circling around being by myself. I even remember in college, so my first year of college, I was living at home to save some dough. So, you know, 18, 19 years old, and my parents were going to Florida for a week. And I was like, okay, I'm a big girl now. I got to put on my big girl pants and try and do this home alone thing. So I tried. And that first night, I barely got a wink of sleep, which if you know, going to college on 
very little sleep when you have a difficult program, not ideal. Wasn't a good day. So I called up my grandma and I was like, I know this seems kind of strange, but can I come stay with you this week? And of course she was so excited. My grandma and I had such a special relationship. She was excited, but I felt embarrassed. It was like, Victoria, you're 19. At the time, I was living in a very safe small town as well with lots of family and friends that lived within, you know, five minutes of me. And you're calling up your grandma to go sleep in your grandma's basement? At the time, it wasn't something that I was ready to tackle and didn't have the mental capacity to. I was in survival mode. I was like, I got to get through school. I got to get my diploma. I got to pass board exams. And so I think that is totally okay. And I also want to make a note that it is okay if you don't like being alone. This isn't something that everybody feels they want to tackle or need to tackle. Again, after getting out of that five-year relationship, I knew that I needed to learn how to sit by myself and be alone before getting involved with another person again. And I recognized that I needed that piece of self-growth and self-development in myself and realizing how to sit with myself. Because if I bettered that relationship with myself, that would translate and I would be better in relationships with other people as well, romantically, platonically, or otherwise. And I'm happy to report I'm at a place in my life where I really like being alone. I've always been introverted, but especially now, I find it really important for my brain and my mental health to have that time, especially at night as well, to wind down and be with myself and be with my thoughts. But it wasn't an easy journey getting here. The first week or two when I was living on my own after that breakup, there were many tears, there were many calls in panic at night to my parents, and not a ton of sleep. My brain was figuring out how to cope with that overwhelming silence that you get when you're alone for the first time after not being alone for a long time. And the process of remedying that and conquering that wasn't an overnight thing. In fact, it's only something I've kind of reflected upon very recently when preparing for this podcast that I saw everything mesh and mold together as I was practicing little bits and bobs here and there of feeling comfortable being alone, being with my thoughts, being on my own. So how did I get there? The first thing is that I sat with that discomfort and I sat through it. I learned to let the thoughts come and go without covering them up with distractions. That eventually those thoughts would quiet down. This was arguably the hardest part. And this isn't something that I did immediately. There are times when quote unquote distractions are handy, which we'll get to. A really, really important piece of knowing that you are at a place where you're okay being alone is when those thoughts can arise, you can acknowledge them and you can let them pass and let them go. Because it's really easy to let them overtake you entirely and consume you. Whether that's thinking worst case scenario or whether that's getting in your own head with negative self-talk, really easy to let that consume you. If you're somebody that can relate to these feelings, practice sitting with that discomfort. Even if you set a timer where you're like, I'm going to let these thoughts come and go. I'm not necessarily going to problem solve. I'm just going to acknowledge them, let them pass through. Maybe you let that happen for 30 seconds. Maybe you set a three minute timer and let those thoughts come and go. But it really can be helpful to, again, just let them come up, acknowledge them, and let them pass through. Eventually, I learned that I needed to do this without seeking that reassurance. So not calling my mom, not calling a friend. Again, not doing this to myself every time. You don't want to torture yourself. But for me, this was important that I learned and showed my brain and my nervous system and my body that I was safe and I was okay and I could sit there and be by myself all day and all night with little contact with other people and be okay and eventually really enjoy it. Don't get me wrong, there was a lot of self-soothing that I needed to do to get fully to that point. 
And one really big aspect of that for me that I still use to this day when I'm having difficulty at night with anxiety and sleep and just relaxing your nervous system, especially if you have a stressful job, turning your brain off at the end of the day can be really difficult. So for me, something that really helped that was ASMR. And if you're not familiar with ASMR, I encourage you to maybe look it up after this episode. I'm going to give some recommendations because I'm going to absolutely annihilate trying to explain it and not do it justice because I don't fully understand how it works or why it calms me and relaxes me so much. But the soft speaking tones, quiet volume, for me, there's also a visual aspect. There's ASMR with like light triggers where your eyes follow the light. And I think there's some kind of science to that where it's tiring out your eye muscles. I don't know, but it makes me feel safe. And I remember in those early days after the breakup of being on my own, where I would search into just TikTok at the time, I hadn't even discovered long form ASMR on YouTube. And I would search in ASMR for panic attacks, ASMR for anxiety, ASMR for sleep. And there was a lot of sifting through, finding the right ones for me. But one of the first ones that I found that I really loved was Restful Rambles on TikTok. And she's also on YouTube with longer form ASMR content. But she's one that I recommend checking out if you have no idea what ASMR is. Do it at night because her videos are all in like a dark lighting so that it's not harsh on your eyes with bright lights on the screen. Anyways, super relaxing. Really enjoyed that. Another one that I really liked was Fluidity ASMR. She's on TikTok and YouTube as well. And finally, the grand finale of recommendations that I have for y'all is Julia It's Blitz on YouTube, which Julia is just a very neat creator all around. Her YouTube page isn't entirely ASMR. If you go to her playlist, you can find the ASMR playlist, but she's also a vlog a mother now. I discovered her through her ASMR specifically because she does these videos where she does like ASMR head massages. This sounds bonkers to people that aren't into ASMR. I'm sure. Give it a try. Look up the It's Blitz Phoebe Bridgers head massage ASMR before bed one day. It is in incredible. The mixture of Julia's like magical little fairy hands, her voice is so soothing, and getting to look at Phoebe Bridgers for like half an hour to 45 minutes, incredible, will put you right to sleep. So anyways, this isn't the ASMR cast. I just wanted to recommend a few people because for me, ASMR was always something where I was like, oh, that's the weird videos on TikTok, right? And I never gave it a fair chance. For me, it is a tool that is extremely helpful for regulating my nervous system, helping with anxiety, and just self-soothing when I'm feeling a little anxious on my own. And whether that be from any kind of anxiety, not just anxieties with being alone. When I was dealing with some medical anxiety, I came home, listened to this after a bit of a traumatic hospital experience, and it really helps. So for me, that's something where it's kind of like, oh, it feels like there's like a friend with you. Tricks your brain a little bit into going from a 10 to maybe a four. Helped in those moments where being alone just felt too hard. So on that same kind of note, I want to talk about mealtime and in general, if you're going through your day and just feeling very lonely or trying to learn to sit in that aloneness. That is watching mukbangs. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Oh my goodness. Mukbangs? I, I just YouTubed it. I think that's right. Mukbangs and podcasts. Fun word. Anywho, if you're not familiar with a mukbang, and oh my goodness, if someone else says I'm saying this wrong, I am so sorry. I'm doing my best. Essentially, it's when you watch somebody else while they're... This is going to sound nuts again. If you... The girls that get it, get it. And the girls that don't, don't. You watch somebody while they're eating their food. And oftentimes they'll, you know, be talking to the camera, telling a story, whatever. I do not like mukbangs for the ASMR. In fact, I prefer the people that cut out all the chewing sounds and more so are just eating and like talking in between 
bites. I do not like a chewing sound. There's something very therapeutic to me and it really helped me during, you know, dinner, breakfast when I was just in the feels of being alone, navigating the breakup, figuring out my anxiety to pop on a mukbang while I was eating and just feel like I was sitting down and having dinner with someone, feeling like you're hanging out with friends. I can't remember the woman's YouTube channel name, but there was a woman that I watched who would do mukbangs and talk about true crime, which really probably made my anxiety a little bit worse, but I was in an era where I found that very fascinating. Now I find it a little exploitative. <laughs> but anyhow, she would make these videos where she would talk about past true crime stories and be eating at the same time. Again, look it up. It's hard to verbalize and make it make sense. For me, that really helped. And if you're not into, you know, food noises or feeling like you're sitting down with someone to eat, you can also just watch a podcast. Watch like a video podcast where people are sitting down, hanging out, and you feel like you're kind of with them. Especially once you get a few episodes in and then you really feel like you're like part of the club, you know? Personally, I love the Brittany Broski podcast. I think it's called the Broski Report. It's very recently started. This wasn't one that I watched while I was going through that transitional period, but it's one that I watch now because Brittany Broski is hilarious. I can't even say she's underrated because she is so wildly popular. Her TikToks are so real. I love me an influencer that is transparent and relatable. There's tons of podcasts out there. I mean, you're listening to one right now. Maybe there's some audio versions of podcasts that you've never thought to look up and see if there's a video version that you could do that and watch and hang out while you're having your dinner. But not this one. No siri. I am currently in a robe. It's eight o'clock in the morning on a Thursday. I am in no shape or condition to want to be on camera right now. I have brushed my teeth. I have not even showered. Maybe one day. If that, if that is anything anyone would actually enjoy. I know sometimes people prefer like an audio component, right? There's some of us that will put on a podcast while we're driving or doing something else. And then there's sometimes where we want to have that visual component. So Anyhow, that would be some interesting feedback that I would love to hear from y'all if you would ever want a video component to this. But getting back on track, like I said, mukbangs, podcasts, those are something that really helped me with learning to sit by myself and have a relatively healthy coping mechanism and crutch to use while I was figuring out how to sit with my thoughts. So another piece of advice that helped me and that I found helpful was unfollowing people on social media that made me feel not enough. Because when you're sitting with your thoughts and learning to be alone, comparison is the thief of joy. Comparison is always the thief of joy. It is so easy to get in our own heads when we're scrolling on TikTok, scrolling on Instagram, even Facebook, and seeing what other people are doing. Because social media is a highlight reel of people's lives. And usually that's sharing all the ups and not the downs. First thing I did was I went through my following on Instagram, TikTok, and I unfollowed any of the influencers that I was following that were making me feel like, mm, I'm poor because I can't afford all these things that they're buying. Or, oh, I feel really lame because I don't have as many friends as they have. Or I don't feel good about myself because they're going out to dinner and concerts every night and I'm not. First of all, again, influencers, they're getting half of those trips and dinners comped for them and paid for them. Half those people probably aren't people they would actually consider friends that would be there to help them if their car broke down. But ultimately, it's also okay to not want a lifestyle like that. I realized I was doing a lot of shutting myself. I was feeling like, oh man, these people around my age are all being a lot more social than I am. I should be that way. I should have that many friends. I don't have the social battery to have that many friends. So I unfollowed anyone on that list where I went to their profile and I was like, you know what? 
It's not bringing me peace and joy. And then from there, I started thinking about friends. I went to my Facebook list and first of all, I just removed anyone who I don't consider an actual friend anymore. And yeah, that included a lot of people from high school. Sorry. I tried to just realign the people that I surrounded myself with online to my current life situation. But you can also do things like mute people on Instagram or unfollow, or like I think they call it take a break on Facebook. If you just don't want to see people on your newsfeed, and you can also do this slowly day by day as you're scrolling your newsfeed on Facebook. If you're somebody that still uses Facebook, I don't know if anyone born past 2000 would even have Facebook. Anyhow, I do that often still when I'm scrolling my newsfeed, even if it's like a cousin. Like I have this one cousin who's, I don't want to maybe say, um, I doubt they listen <laughs> to air this out, but people that are selling houses, buying houses, making big moves, afford to do that, and are just in the older generation that post so fucking much on Facebook. And I had to do a, a swift little unfollow because I was like, what the heck? If I would have been born a decade earlier, maybe I too could have been selling my house for $600,000 and moving across the country. Anyways, um, you, you can sense why that's not a healthy person for me to have coming up on my newsfeed. Don't get me wrong, I'm very happy for her, but when those feelings were arising and I was learning to sit with myself and also just like better my mental health with what I'm looking at online, I decided that's not what I want to have in my scope of view. Not building me up at all. For the people that are in my life that I'm close enough with, I would find out through a phone call, through visiting with them, what's going on in their life. I don't need to see it all on Facebook because it does give a lot of that not enoughness and that mental comparison. Even if you're not intentionally comparing yourself, it is happening. Be critical of who you're letting fill your online space because even when you're alone, when you're interacting with people online, that is still people creeping into that alone time. And it's important to be critical of who you're allowing that space to absorb their lives and let them absorb yours. So at this point in my journey, I decided it was going to be important to do slow exposure of doing things alone that gave me anxiety. And I mean, slow exposure. At first, I was still doing my click and collect groceries or having them delivered. And I do, I still do prefer to do that, not for like alone purposes, but just for saving money of not window shopping with my eyes when I'm in the grocery store and sticking to my list financially. But I did want to challenge myself to go to the little tiny grocery store in my neighborhood when I, you know, needed something extra for dinner and go in by myself and know that it was going to be okay. Know that I was going to be okay. Work through those little bits of social anxiety. Try and not self-soothe as much as I can to again prove to myself that it's going to be okay without the reassurance because that's how you get through it and learn to not need that reassurance as tough love as that is. And I was able to do that. And so then that escalated into things like getting my own gas, going to the library by myself. And I did try and choose safer feeling places where I was familiar with the layout of the store. And if you, again, if you have social anxiety, I'm sure you understand this. And even if you don't, there's those of us, right, that will frequent the same grocery store or pharmacy because we know which aisle we're going to find X, Y, and Z in. It makes it a quicker trip. It makes us more comfortable. We like familiarity generally as humans. So for me, that was like... <laughs> winners and home sense. Again, the girls who get it, get it. But anyways, those were places that I had gone alone previously, again, even while in relationships or living with roommates and other people that I knew I would relatively feel safe and comfortable in by myself because it's just, I don't know, a genre of people that I think, oh, everyone else is there interested in the same type of thing. So those were safe places that I could take those baby steps and do those small exposures of practicing being by myself. And then I let that grow into 
bigger steps like going to a bank appointment on my own, going to the mall on my own, which that one is still one I don't like to do. There's just a lot of hooligans and stress when it comes to the mall, completely unrelated to being alone. I don't even like to go with people. And anyhow, putting yourselves through the discomfort when you're ready, important. When you're ready, or you might not feel ready, but when you feel you have enough gas in the emotional tank to give it a try, to be gentle with yourself if it doesn't go as planned. So I guess that one's a little bit more of like a social anxiety aspect of my aloneness that was important for me to work through. But I still do think that could be relatable for anyone, especially anyone listening to this who's maybe living on their own for the first time or just broke up with a partner, possibly. Be kind to yourself, take it slow, know that you got this. Okay, so the next thing that really helped me with the daytime aspect of learning to be by myself, enjoy extended periods of time by myself, was to find more solo hobbies. This is when my resurgence and passion for knitting came in. I learned to knit a long time ago from my grandma in probably elementary school. It's something that's ebbed and flowed in my life, but when I was on my own, I was like, oh man, I don't want to just be scrolling on my phone while I'm watching TV, but my fingers and my brain sometimes need a little bit of extra stimulation to break those habits of constantly consuming multiple forms of media at the same time. So I got my knitting bag back out, went to Michael's, got some yarn, and was like, I'm gonna start prepping Christmas presents in May. Anyways, and that was wonderful for me. I knit, oh my gosh, last year, I knit probably five scarves, a sweater, washcloths. I was on my knitting game and I was enjoying it. It was a fun little thing to share on social media afterwards and be like, look at my little piece of art. I am so proud of it. And knowing how many hours and how much effort went into those pieces that I did, that I put in was really gratifying. This can look like a ton of other things too. Puzzles. I know puzzles is a really big one for people and very therapeutic for a lot of people. Color by numbers or paint by numbers for adults are also highly underrated. My best friend got one for me, I think it was for Christmas actually, and she got herself one as well. And for months we were sending each other updates of where we were at with our paint by number and how the painting was coming together. And those things take a long time. It was so much fun. You could also do something like learn a language or one that I enjoy as well. Get back into reading. If reading was something you enjoyed as a child, get back into it. There are so many suggestions on TikTok book talk, if you will. It is so easy to search up, you know, getting out of a reading slump recommendations, whatever genre you enjoy with recommendations. I love to read. I literally put on my to-do list today to finish a certain book that I'm reading right now because that is important to me. That is something that I count as self-care as a task that I would like to do. That's something I would like to do with myself, with my alone time. So like I said, just finding those solo hobbies where you don't need another person to do it and finding that enjoyment with time with yourself. And again, this could look like so many other things. Those are like my grandma era hobbies that I am personally interested in and really enjoy. This could look like getting a membership and going rock climbing, bouldering, whatever the people call it. Maybe you start going on some hikes. If you do, do it safely, please. Share your location with someone. Be safe. Bring a map, bring bear spray. But anyhow, you get the gist. Finding something that is yours and yours alone that you can enjoy and potentially maybe make friends within that community as it goes on, but things that you can ultimately still do on your own and not have to rely on somebody else to enjoy it with. And that really helps you explore your sense of self and sense of self-identity as well, which again is so important in adulthood because so many of us get wrapped up in our identity being surrounded by our career or jobs. Y'all know I am so anti-capitalist over here. I encourage and just want everyone to find that sense of self outside of work 
so badly because on your deathbed, you're not going to be reflecting upon how important your career was and how good of a hard worker you were at your job. You're going to think about all the wonderful memories of what made you you, what you enjoyed, the people you surrounded yourself with that built you up to be that better person. So learn what you like, not just what's trendy right now, not just what other people in your life are doing, but what you truly enjoy doing and something that you can do on your own, again, for that self-growth and self-development. And there's so much pride that comes with that too when you can find something that you're interested in, learn more about it, and then in conversation with other people one day, share more about what you know on your hobbies. Love feeling like a little expert in things. I love when my clients are asking me things about the birds or identifying herbs. And I'm like, yeah, I know, I got that, I got you. I am so excited that you asked. And thus other people now know me as the lady that likes to knit, the lady that likes to birdwatch. And I love being that person. I feel like throughout this past year, I have worked so much more on identity outside of work that I feel like I finally have an identity. I feel that people can think about me and not just think like, oh, that's the girl that used to talk about periods and sex ed online. Which if you're newer around here, surprise. There was a big rebranding in the last year and a half. And interestingly enough, when I started being more authentically myself was when my platform multiplied by tenfold. Now that's why I preach and why I think it's so important to slow down your life, to figure out who you are at the core of things and to enjoy life without just focusing everything on work. But that's not today's topic. So I'll get myself back on track once again. Again, sum that up find more solo hobbies. Okay, the next piece of this, and this may sound a little silly, but in those days where, you know, your life is starting to feel monotonous, mundane, I would like to pretend that I'm in a coming of age movie. And anyone that grew up in that era of like Aquamarine, The Princess Diaries, She's the Man, 13 going on 30. I practiced this from a very young age. All my sleepovers with my friends, I was like, we are making this like a movie. Those movies just portrayed that coming of age aspect of life to be so much fun. And I wanted to rip little pieces of that from media that I've consumed and translate that into my alone time. Okay, so what do I mean by this exactly? The big one that stuck out in my head is that scene from Easy A with, what's her name, Emma Stone, when she's in the shower and she's singing and she's putting shampoo in her hair, which is totally a movie scene, right? We are not doing that in real life, except then you can do it in real life and it is so much fun. It makes those moments where your life is starting to feel a little silly, a little bit boring, into something more exciting. You don't have to sing in the shower and style your shampoo. However, a couple months ago, I created a collaborative playlist on Spotify, and I think it's literally called 2000s Shower Jams. If I remember to, I will link it in this episode description, but it is exactly that, a collection of like 2000 songs that would have been in all the chick flicks, coming of age movies, our childhood, and it's my shower jams. I play it in the shower and suddenly I feel like I am getting ready for some big event or something much more fun than just, you know, blow-drying my hair so that I'm ready for the next day when I wake up in the morning. It makes those moments fun, just living more intentionally in the moment. And again, that could be anything. When you're cooking dinner, when you're cleaning the house. And to me, an important aspect of this definitely is making that playlist and curating that playlist that's going to romanticize your life and romanticize whatever the heck you're doing, where you just make it feel more special than it is. And that is the zest of life. That is the fun of alone time, in my opinion. It's just make all those small moments out to feel bigger than they really are. The mind shift and mind frame that you have towards those everyday tasks is really what's going to make it or break it. One day I just decided that I was over 
being in the pity party for myself. I was over feeling sorry for myself and I was going to have some fun. Another great moment for this is when you're driving, which I'm sure anyone who drives is familiar with that feeling where you put on that song or you put on that playlist. It's a nice day. You roll your windows down. You are in the zone and you literally feel like you're in some kind of movie. The tunnel scene from Perks of Being a Wallflower, if you're familiar, that is what I'm talking about. And slowly through all those things, all those little bits and pieces, I started to put them together. And one day I just kind of started being okay being alone. And then I realized I liked it when I did start dating again. I had super firm boundaries. I was like, I am available on weekends and weekends only. On any given Monday, I want to be in the bath by 7 p.m. with a hot mug of tea, my book, and I will be in my pajamas and in bed by like 9.30, which my podcast episode from transitioning from being a night owl to becoming a morning person will be coming out shortly as well because that's been another big, big shift in my life and a great contribution to my well-being. But anyhow, I had those firm boundaries in dating and made myself only available when I wanted to be really rather than bending for the other person, which if you're a people pleaser, that can be really hard in relationships to set those boundaries. I would say things like, okay, you can leave now. Sounds harsh. But when you set those boundaries of, you know what, tonight I've got my own stuff that I want to do. I want to have some quiet time. I want to read this book. I want to meal prep, whatever you're doing. It's okay to gently let people know those boundaries and that you are ready to be alone again. Even now, as I'm living with somebody again, I have those boundaries where I'm honest. I'm not just people pleasing and being nice to people, you know, making sure everyone's needs are met still. Uh, but I'm also making sure my needs are met and saying, I actually don't want to hang out right now. I just want to go read my book by myself in bed, maybe go sit on the porch and have a tea. It's not you, it's me kind of thing. And just prioritizing having that time to refill your cup mentally and maybe physically if you're also a tea person and prioritize your needs and your well-being. So now I love being alone. I know that I don't need another person to complete me, but rather to compliment me which is a really powerful feeling as somebody that has never had that feeling in their life, whether again, it be romantic, platonic, family relationships. I always sought out and needed those other people around me to feel strong enough, to feel supported. And now to be able to hold it on my own and know that I can be by myself, it's a really good feeling. But it's also okay for me to say that I don't want to feel that way all the time. I like having my people. I like having my close group of friends because I don't have many friends, but the ones that I do, they are ride or dies. I know that they're there for me and I know that those people also respect my boundaries. My two best friends, every time we're gonna have a phone call or hang out, we text each other first and we're like, okay, what's the spoon meter today? Are we feeling like a 15 minute chat? Are we feeling a quick hug and porch drop off? Are we feeling like a couple hours? Do we want lunch? What's the sitch? And that is so lovely and so needed because there are times where literally I can recognize in my friends when their social battery has hit zero and they can recognize in me and say, hey, I'm not gonna be offended. We're not gonna start drama. Let me know when you want me to leave. And I appreciate that and love that so much. And that has been such a beautiful blossoming of unlearning immature relationships and relearning adult mature relationships with people and the beauty that that can bring in friendship when you just respect and understand each other's boundaries without taking everything so personally, which is a topic I would love to do an entire podcast on is just not taking things personally in so many aspects of life. So like I was saying, now I take those opportunities of alone time to expand on my personal development, my personal growth. If somebody cancels last minute, if some kind of relationship in my life falls through. Of course, I'm going to feel those feelings. I'm going to process them, but I'm also going to look at it as that aspect of 
I now have more time in my life for something else, whether that be, again, more time by myself for personal growth or for meeting other really cool people in my life or a project, a hobby, whatever it might be, looking at it from both sides of the coin as that opportunity. Because like I was saying at the beginning of the episode, when you better your relationship with yourself, get to know yourself better and know how to sit with yourself in that alone time, that is so going to better serve and better your relationships with other people. And while I did get a lot more comfortable with being alone and being by myself, I'm now in another transitional period of my life where, again, I recently lost my soul dog boo. And I am kind of having to relearn some of those healthier coping mechanisms and moments of discomfort and sitting through those moments of discomfort of being alone. Because one of the really important things that I didn't mention while I was going through that breakup, while I was learning to be by myself, one of my healthy coping mechanisms was my dog boo. I knew he was always there for me. Even if he wouldn't, you know, physically keep me safe, because if anyone knew boo, he would not hurt a fly literally. I could go down and cuddle with him on his bed if I woke up at two o'clock with bad dreams and anxiety. I could bring him with me to Winners in HomeSense because yes, those are dog friendly. I would lean on him for a lot of support. So I find myself again going through this period of kind of reconfiguring what it looks like for me in those tough moments when those tough thoughts are arising on how to kind of truly be alone for the first time in my life. And it's, it's tough. So this is kind of an incomplete episode where it's like, this is where I was, this is where I got, and this is where I am now. And hopefully in another year or so, I can make another episode on the same kind of topic and reflect more upon where I'm at, where I'm at in life. I am, you know, in my late 20s now. I think is a really exciting period of time. Getting older is such a gift and your late 20s is still so incredibly young. I still feel like I'm in my free trial of adulthood. I'm really excited for what my 30s will bring one day. I like to think about how proud my past self would be if they could see me now. And that brings again excitement of the future of where present me will be in awe of where future me is. Anyways, okay, I am rambling. So I think I am going to wrap it up now, but I would love to hear your thoughts on this episode. If you have struggled with, you know, learning to be alone, if you have any tips as well or any takeaways from this episode, you can find me on Instagram. My messages are open on Instagram at Vic in the Meadow or TikTok at VicSauce. If you feel so inclined to give me a rating on Spotify quickly or leave me a review on Apple Podcasts, that would be so wonderful. Or, you know, even more, share this with a friend. Text this to a friend and be like, hey, I have a school podcast. You might want to check it out. The algorithms are tough out here. It's it's brutal out here. So I really appreciate you taking the time to listen to this. If you've made it this far, thank you again so much for being here, for listening, and hanging out in my little corner of the internet. And until next time. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.